Coming to you from our living rooms, it's the Region 20 Tops to Teens podcast. I'm Sam Gonzalez. And I'm Sarah Ford. And we're here to share with you some really inspiring things that we're seeing that Region 20 teachers are creating um, through their distance learning during COVID-19. So we'll be highlighting some of the really innovative practices that teachers are using to connect with their students virtually. It's going to be an awesome journey with fun conversations to keep you up to date in current practices of instructional continuity. That's right, Sarah, it's gonna be an awesome journey. And we hope that you continue to listen weekly as you travel through special education pathways with an early to exit mentality. So let's get going. Hey, Sam, welcome to another episode of the T2T podcast. Like how hey, I- Hey, Sarah. <laughs> I did like how you did that. Hey. Um, so how's everything going so far? Things are going well with me. Um, today, it's going to be really exciting because we have double the fun. We have two awesome speech and language pathologists from Northside. And um, we also have our very own Lisa Kirby joining us. So welcome back, Lisa. Well, thank you so much, Sarah and Sam. I just feel like it's a privilege to be on here with this uh, dynamic duo team uh, doing these podcasts. So thank you for having me. Well, so let's get going. Sam uh, and Lisa, we have today, our guests are Danielle Corti and Kat Flores from Northside. Welcome, ladies. Before we get started, you know, and Kat, you can go first. Just how's, how's the transition been to, uh, to, with the COVID, with going to home and, and continuing the services? I feel like for me, it's been pretty much how everyone I talk to, it's been like this across the board. We all were just thrown into this with no warning whatsoever. We went to spring break, said goodbye to everybody, see you in a week, have a great vacation, and then nobody came back. And it was, it was really scary at first because we knew this was like going to be going on for we we had no idea how long this was going to be going on. So we were planning weeks and weeks and weeks in advance, but not knowing if, oh, maybe we can go back to school. Maybe this will all work out. Uh, so we really got so acquainted with technology. We and technology became best friends. <laughs> and how about you, Danielle? What's, what's it been like for you going from, like Kat said, from spring break, I'll see you, to coming back and oh my goodness, here we are like this now. Um, yeah, it's been a transition for sure. Um, a lot of learning curves and, um, you know, learning of new things as far as the technology and like Kat said, becoming best friends with the technology. Um, we, like she said, we did go on spring break and I was kind of watching the news, you know, and waiting and and just to see what would happen. And luckily we have a lot of support from our district and from the leads in our district as well. So once we were ready to, once we knew we were making this transition to virtual therapy sessions or virtual speech therapy, um, we had a lot of materials that were passed along to us uh, to use. So now, you know, I, I said that this school year was gonna be a learning school year for me and I was going to learn a lot. Um, before COVID and now after COVID, I could, or in the middle of COVID, now I can say that um, 
I have learned a lot and I'm still learning. And now at this point in my transition, I feel like my therapy sessions have come along nicely and I've enjoyed seeing my students. Um, and I can say that, you know, most of my therapy sessions are similar to what I could have provided in the classroom, um, but just a little bit different. Absolutely, well, Danielle, I, sorry. I feel like we've really hit our groove and it took us all of quite a few weeks to find that groove. But once we did, I, I completely agree, Danielle. I feel like our therapy sessions mirrored very closely what we were doing in the classroom. We tried so hard to bring all of those, the visuals and the strategies and everything into our, uh, our Zoom sessions with the kiddos. And I don't know about you, but I saw a similar amount of progress over Zoom and these, these teletherapy meetings that I would have expected to see in the classroom. So Zoom seems to be like what everyone's using, but as you transition to these Zoom sessions, did you um, find any, um, I guess, difficulties with the, the students learning Zoom or maybe the parents who were now the teachers learning Zoom? How was that transition? And, and uh, um, I think it's awesome how the sessions went really well, but did you see like a learning curve with Zoom when you're working with the families? I did. I saw a learning curve. Um, you know, there were some difficulties um, getting connected to audio. Uh, some of my students um, enjoyed muting themselves or turning off the camera and just politely, I can't see you, come back to me. Um, and, you know, working with parents on those audio issues, I've had some parents where the audio wasn't working and so they connected with their phone. Or we called and we were, I could see the student, but we muted and we were talking through speakerphone um, so that the student could still hear me. So we did try to work around those difficulties um, the best that we could. That's awesome that your families were able to kind of troubleshoot that with you. I feel like the first week and a half or so of all of my Zoom sessions were, it was almost like a tutorial. Like, okay, on the bottom left-hand side of your screen, you will see a microphone and a video with a red line through it. I've already memorized the whole script. <laughs> but also doing uh, like Screencastify was a great app for uh, recording your screen and making tutorials that way. So I did share that with a lot of parents who were having more difficulty. So for that and also for Google Classroom and Seesaw, which are other distance learning apps that we were using, using Screencastify really did help them access all of those materials that we were sharing. So ladies, for, uh, for a session, y'all have talked about your therapy sessions, being on Zoom and using all these other formats. Tell us what a session with a student might look like or sound like, uh, uh, you know, on a Zoom session. So what are some of the things you might do with the student during this, these teletherapy sessions? Sure. So um, what I work mostly with uh, smaller students. So um, I work in an elementary school. So my age range is from three years old all the way up to fifth grade. Uh, but the majority of the students who were participating very regularly in our Zoom sessions were my three and four year olds, um, which 
incidentally, it's probably the most difficult to keep engaged in uh, in that platform. So one of the things that I did as as soon as I learned that we were moving towards a teletherapy model is I went into my classroom and I took pictures of all of my schedules and visuals that I would use in my classroom. And then I would use that as my virtual background. That way they were able to see the full schedule that they were very familiar with and then follow that along. So they were still able to follow the same format of a session while doing it in a completely different way. That's a great idea, taking pictures of your classroom and using it as the virtual background. I bet you that was probably had the kids more comfortable too in seeing that. That's awesome um, that you did that. That's, that's really, really, really cool. I know I'm a fan of virtual backgrounds. Um, I think they're, they're funny and amazing. So that's awesome. Um, how about you, Danielle? Anything uh, you can talk about with your sessions? Yes. So I use virtual backgrounds um, too. I really like the way Kat was using hers. I didn't think about using um, pictures of my classroom or pictures of the schedule. So I like that. I'm going to incorporate that. Um, but what I, some things that I've done in therapy sessions, um, I have, uh, I have used the virtual backgrounds and um, like we went on a virtual zoo trip. So I had pictures of zoo animals and we would move through the zoo, we would walk through the zoo and I found that I could hit a lot of targets in the, with that and the children were very engaged. They wanted to see what was coming next. And I included some funny pictures in there too, of a hippo eating a birthday cake, a hippo getting her brush, her teeth brushed. Uh, so using virtual backgrounds in that manner, I also um, tried to do, you know, I work with younger children up to fifth grade as well. And so a lot of times with the, the younger kids, they wanted to um, show me their, their, their house and what they have. So we did a scavenger hunt so they could go and find things in their house and bring it back to me and show me. Um, so those are some things that I've done. Well, it really sounds like the y'all, the power of visuals is something that we is very apparent with that and really keying in on the interest of the student of the kiddos. Um, so it's great to hear that those those things that we typically do in the classroom or in the speech therapy session are translating y'all found a successful way to transition that over. That's awesome. So you've talked about the virtual backgrounds, which are absolutely uh, fabulous to talk about. And I know with working with kids, one of the things is keeping them engaged in learning. So what are some of the other tools that you've used to get them actively engaged in their speech uh, teletherapy? Sure, so one of the things that I used was, uh, so, Going back to something that Danielle said, our department, our speech department in Northside has been amazing in providing us with resources and subscriptions to use. Um, so we had, we had access to websites like Ultimate SLP, which is pretty much a virtual board game with, with uh, sound effects and uh, picture cards and the, the kids can pick their own game piece. It's it's really phenomenal. It, that's only one of the, the resources that they allowed us access to. That as well as for some of the younger students, um, books right now, 
which is V-O-O-K-S, um, for teachers, and I don't think this was uh, COVID specific, for teachers has a year long subscription that's free. So a lot of my students, because we do so many literacy activities, we would watch our video or I would assign them a, um, a book to watch. And then all of the activities that we would do would center around that book. So they were able to make those connections. And it was, it's almost, it's pretty much to them just like watching a YouTube video, which is something they are all very familiar with. Oh, that sounds super exciting. Anything that's interactive and it's on a game-based format, I think kids just love that. So what about you, Danielle? Are there any uh, other resources that you incorporated into your lessons? So I also use Ultimate SLP, and like Kat said, the kids just love it. They like to have that control a little bit, too. Um, what I also used was Boom Cards, um, and that is, I don't know if you guys have heard of Boom Cards. I have not. No. So what are Boom Cards? I just think of, like, here comes the boom. <laughs> They're interactive flashcards. Um, in through COVID, through, there was a COVID special, and we we received free access to it. Um, and they're just interactive cards that the students can manipulate. So there are there were some for pronouns or for um, specific speech sounds, and I could share my screen with the student, and if they had access to a mouse, they could uh, make selections with the boom using the boom card that way. And it would give a little ding if they got it right. Um, and it would give them multiple times to practice too. And so the and cards we, are virtual? They are, they're, they are. Oh, okay. They're like virtual flashcards. Mm -hmm. And then, well, some are virtual flashcards and then some are just little screens that you scroll through. I know my description of it is not doing it justice. It is great. Um, well, and one of the other things that's really awesome about those boom cards is even if it is just almost a slideshow of either rules or picture cards, it has that little ding in it, which keeps the kids engaged because they, they associate that ding with, oh, I did something right. Even if what they're doing right is just paying attention, which is all we want from them right now. And, and they can be assigned um, like for homework or for extra practice if you will. Uh, so they can do those on their own without us in front of them for extra practice. It's just amazing how that immediate feedback really keeps kids engaged because it really is kind of just like they're playing the games they play on the computer. It's telling them you did something right, so keep going. So immediate feedback is important. Kat, you mentioned uh, at the beginning uh, of this interview when we started, uh, you were talking a little bit about progress of students. So uh, how are you keeping progress and knowing if your students are making progress or if they're falling a little bit behind? What are you doing to keep progress? It's been very difficult because especially through Zoom. Um, so we as speech pathologists, we work in a lot of different um, kinds of communication. So some of the things that we work on are um, language development, sentence structure, sometimes we're working on stuttering or speech sounds. Through Zoom and through technology, sometimes there are glitches in internet access and there's a little bit of delay in, fee in feedback or maybe there's extra sound feedback. So it's sometimes very difficult 
with a lot of my students who are working on speech sounds and stuttering, I will say that it's more difficult to say that the data that we've collected is true data. But what I can say is that um, one of the best parts about this uh, format is that we get to talk to the parents very regularly. Every single time we're meeting with the student, we are also meeting with the parents. So their feedback is what is mostly what I'm mostly gauging their progress on. Um, and because of that, the parents are so thankful and so excited that they get to see the, the prompts that we're using, the directions that we're giving, and they're able to use that same language at home. So that one of my parents actually said, it's like they're getting speech therapy all the time and not just when they're with you because they're using the same language that I'm using. Wow. I never even thought about that. that that's amazing. When you look at family engagement has probably quadrupled uh, with this because like you said, parents aren't, when you're doing face-to-face -face at school, they're not sitting in class with you. Uh, so now they're getting to hear these and reinforce that. So the kids, like you said, could be making even more progress. Uh, wonderful. Danielle, uh, what about you on, uh, on progress? So mostly the progress that I'm taking um, are with students who I do have those Zoom sessions with. Um, well, that's all the progress that I'm taking. And I, you know, don't have a lot of fluency kiddos. I do have more of the articulation and the language-based kiddos. And I can take uh, better data. Um, not better. I shouldn't say better, but more... Mm, it's more direct data, I guess, or, you know, there's not, there's not a glitch that's causing me to question whether it's a fluency or not. Um, so my data that way, I would say I'm, I'm able to take that data a little bit better. Um, not better, just different. Um, and then, you know, some of it though is very difficult. Uh, I do have several students who are using AAC and uh, low-tech AAC with the communication board. And um, getting that data has been very difficult, uh, asking parents, you know, are you, how, are they, how are they using their boards? How are they using their pictures? Are they doing this at home? Um, and then again, going back to what Kat had said and the, the uh, parent involvement and parent engagement, I found that I've been able to really show what modeling language is and how important modeling language is for AAC users and really trying to drive that home to parents. And um, I've been making videos for them. I was able to do my background of um, a communication board and use that in videos. Um, but that's where I would say my, my data collection has been the most difficult. That's awesome. You know, and data collection is data collection. I know sometimes it's, it's difficult. Sometimes it's, it's easier. But I think the big thing with the data collection is that we're getting it. And, that, and that's the important part, because I think that was a lot of concerns sometimes with some of the IEP goals um, and, and, and keeping up with those IEP goals as kids are moving into the next phase. I was just curious, though, because I know you guys work with the younger kids. And I think you mentioned fifth grade. Um, and so this might be more of a question for the fifth graders. But hey, the younger kids are pretty, uh, pretty smart and pretty intuitive also is, has any of the kids come up with good ideas of what they've done on their own. And I know you mentioned how with Zoom, how they're turning their cameras off and stuff like that. I mean, I'm just curious because one of the things that my son did um, with his accommodations, he has a 504 plan, is he started taking screenshots on his phone and was using it to help him as he went through the work. So have any of your students ever said, hey, hey, miss, I'm doing this and this is working? 
you know, I haven't seen that necessarily, but I have seen students take ownership of their speech therapy sessions. So signing themselves up for sessions, um, participating in the sessions without a parent saying, hey, you need to sign up for this. Hey, you need to participate in this. They're doing it all on their own. So, um, you know, taking responsibility of that. And for us in speech therapy, once they take responsibility of that, you really see that growth and that progress. I've absolutely seen the exact same thing, Danielle. I feel like the, my, my fourth and fifth graders, especially, it's been so awesome to see them sign up for sessions with it's their email address and not their parents' email. And when they sign on, they are, they are logging in, they are downloading the app, they are on Zoom. They know how to unmute themselves. They know how to start the video. I have seen so much uh, self-advocacy during this time from those students, especially the kiddos who they're able to do all of those things and they will be able to ask us, hey, I don't understand this assignment that's on Google Classroom and we'll go through it together. Sometimes that's what speech was because that is our job ultimately. It's to help help them access the education, uh, their education. And if wherever they need that help, that's where we should meet them. So I've seen a lot of that. And that's amazing because that just ties into what we talk about with Tots to Teens is get the younger kids with that self-advocacy, self-determination, because now that leads into middle school for some of these fifth graders going to sixth grade, where they're going to need that self-advocacy to help them when they come back, if and when everything gets back to normal. But then as they get to high school, and, you know, in the world I live in with the older kids with transition, that's exactly what you need to be successful in what you're doing. So that's awesome to hear that. And that's amazing. That's a great skill they have to do that and logging on. And I really like they use their own emails. Um, that's really cool that they have that. Yeah, and Sam, just to add to that, I think when this all started with all of us having to do this alternative type of education, I think some of the people that were the most afraid were more of the adults than the kids. Uh, most of our kids are native to technology. So I just can imagine how many kids are there helping their parents uh, through the technology loops and everything now. So uh, it's just so exciting to hear that uh, from your students. Has there been anything in either of your in one of your sessions that has just particularly just popped out to you as a wow moment, like maybe a student you've been working with and working with and they didn't get something, but they got it using teletherapy. Has there been some of those wow moments for you? Absolutely. I had one um, and it was actually an articulation student. We've been working on the dreaded R sound for over a year now, but something about them watching the video um, and it being so large for them, I think really like made it click. They were able to really see a tongue placement and follow along at the same time without it being a little bit, a little bit strange because I can imagine for them to see myself as large as I would be on their screen, I would have to be pretty close to them in real life. So I think having that safety, that barrier of the screen really helped him kind of make that silly face that we'd been trying to get towards and something about it just clicked. Something about seeing it on the screen rather than seeing it in real life clicked for him. Oh, amazing. Go ahead. Go ahead, Danielle. I was just saying that's amazing. It must have just made your heart just go just beat a little faster because of that. 
I would agree, Kat. I had an articulation student too, and we've been working on S for, you know, a year and a half and getting our tongue behind our teeth for the S down. And um, just out of nowhere, she's at home and we're working on it uh, through through a Zoom session and she said a word and the S, the, her tongue was behind her teeth and mom was right next to her and I was like, mom, was her tongue behind her teeth? Because I couldn't see her face, but I think her tongue was behind her teeth. And the mom was in agreement, yes. And so we both got to celebrate, you know, and the parent was there too to celebrate in that um, accomplishment because she has been working very hard uh, for that. And I, I agree with Kat, I think something about seeing herself in, a larger screen because you know I've brought in the mirror I've had the mirror in therapy okay let's look at the mirror um but something about that just really ups up that that is absolutely so exciting to hear these things so um one kind of last question that I think we could maybe end on is coming into, so y'all are finding these things that are being so successful right now. How might that translate into things um, in when we do return face-to-face -face back to school? So I think what, for sure, I'm going to continue using um, video modeling because it's worked so well with my articulation students. Video modeling um, with, uh, with me as the person modeling that sound. And then I think I'm also, one of the things I've learned so much in this time is we can use all of the websites, all of the apps, anything we want, but it's us that the students really want. Um, it's, it's us that, we, that they really need. So remembering that we're the most important tool in their education and like no amount of technology can replace that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, we definitely need, especially the anchors, they need that human element. They want to see that. They want to see your expressions. They want to see that, you know, and when it get back to normal, there, you know, kids want high fives and hugs. Um, so that's awesome. So this has been an awesome, uh, awesome podcast, ladies. Really appreciate what you're doing. I can definitely hear in your voice the passion you have to work with the students. And I just think it's awesome um, that you guys, are, you guys work in separate campuses in the same district but you're using the same models, the same stuff that you guys are working with technology. So I want to say thank you from both of y'all for being on this. And uh, again, hopefully uh, the, the people hearing this, hear this and come some get great ideas, just like taking their classroom pictures and using those as Zoom backgrounds. That was awesome. Um, and then, you know, working with the parents also and having the parents help you with the teletherapy. So I just want to say thank you both for being on here. Thank you very much. Um, and again, just appreciate what you guys are doing with the kids. Then I, we're going to wrap it up then. Thank you, Danielle and um, Kat and Lisa and Sam. <laughs> um, we will see you again soon for another uh, episode of Tots to Teens. Bye. Bye. Thank you for having us. Bye. Yes. Thank you.